It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everyone. What's up, D.C.? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Wizards with SB Nation's Bullets Forever writer, Ben Mahich and myself, Anthony Cittadino, we are your hosts. You are now Lockdown Wizards. Go subscribe to the Lockdown Wizards podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you may listen. Go throw us a follow on Twitter at Lockdown Wizards. We have a great show ahead of us and a ton to get into. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the tastiest healthy protein bar on the market. And Ben will tell you everything you need to know about Built Bar later in the show. But guys, yes, welcome back, Lockdown Wizards faithful. Thank you for tuning in whenever and wherever you may be listening throughout your day. We hope you are enjoying your weekend. Whenever you may be listening, Ben, let's get right into it, homie. We had a Sunday matinee against the Boston Celtics, and the Wizards, believe it or not, gave us some love on Valentine's Day with a 104-91 to win Beal. 35 points, 33 minutes. Westbrook was able to get some rest, and the Wizards, they won by double digits. Ben, what were your general takeaways from this game and my brother? How are you? I'm doing all right, Anthony. I was pessimistic uh, on, on Saturday's episode. I didn't expect a win. But look, for the longest time of the season, all you had to do to beat the Washington Wizards was kind of show up to the game, and the Celtics forgot to do that. Not that long ago, we thought about Brad Stevens like he was the second coming of Red Auerbach or or Phil Jackson or Greg Popovich, all these amazing coaches, and I, I was one of those people who kind of fell into the hype. And that's not to say that that uh, Brad Stevens isn't a great coach, but this team is 13-13. and 13. Uh, Jason Tatum had six points look kind of off they just look, didn't look together against the wizards but i'm not going to take the win away from the wizards because obviously they'll take all the wins they can get like you mentioned brad beal 35 points mo wagner chipped in with 11 and 4 and we'll get into scott brooks's lineup changes but the wizards finally showed up and played with some heart usually i mean lately it seems like the wizards kind of come to the games expecting to lose they look disinterested uh they almost look sad for most of the year but on Sunday, it actually showed up and played some good defense, showed up with energy. Rui Hachimura had a pretty pretty nice dunk, and, and um, Russell Westbrook ran over to him and kind of screamed in his face, showed some energy. So the team 
team played with heart and with life for the first time in a while. And maybe that's a sign of things to come, but for this win to matter, I mean, they're seven and 17. They're still dead last in the Eastern conference. They have to, they have to carry this win over to tomorrow against Houston. And we'll, and we'll get into that a little bit more for today against Houston rather, but uh, we saw, we've seen them beat the nets and then the next game get blown out, and not play with heart. So for these wins to start mattering, they have to carry this energy over. But it was a good win. They, look, they held Boston to 91 points and that's no easy feat. Right, Ben. And like what you just said, they, it, it has been kind of inconsistent with their wins, right? They, they, it's been every other game. It seems like, and Ben, this game against the Celtics, both teams shot pretty, pretty awful from outside. For the Wizards, they shot under 24% from outside. Uh, the Celtics shot under 26% from outside. Um, and our guy, Garrison Matthews, he got the start despite Bradley Beal coming back into the lineup. Scott Brooks still kept in the lineup and struggled. One of, one of the Wizards' best shooters um, played 20 minutes. Uh, only got two shots up from outside, um, but yes, he struggled today. No points. And so I, I just wanted to ask you: Do you think both teams defended well on the perimeter, or do you think both teams just had awful nights or honestly afternoons? It's probably, it's probably a mix of both, right? They're not used to playing NBA games at one o'clock in the afternoon, so maybe that had some effect on it. But that thing you can't even control. You know, there's there's going to be games where. Good shooters like Garrison Matthews don't make a shot. He only took two shots in 20 minutes. I'd like to see him get more shots up. But, I mean, look, Bradley Beal had a seven-point night the other night. Um, those games are going to happen. You can't really control your shooting. You try your best, you get open looks, and you hope you make them. But what I liked about this team on Sunday was the fact that they got after it defensively. They showed some heart defensively because that's the side of the floor you can actually control. The offense will come and go. Uh, basketball is a game of runs, and the Wizards have shown to be a, a prolific scoring team. But... Defense is what they need to consistently play. And then the Wizards showed that they can do it. It's a matter of just going out there and, you know, playing hard, setting the right rotations. They, they did that with, I think Mo Wagner gave them a, a good spurt of energy immediately to start the game. Cause we've seen this team get down by double digits early and then try and claw their way back. But with Mo Wagner in there, I think it'll be easier to start the game off with energy. Cause really that's his calling card is energy. And uh, he showed that on, on Sunday and Rui is always shows with that shows up with energy. Russ always does as well. And Brad, Brad does what Brad always does with 35 points. So all around a really, really solid win. Uh, not, not too many complaints here for me. Yeah, man, it was a great, great win. Um, a lot of a lot of energy and a lot of production off the bench too. A lot of scoring and rebounding off the bench. Um, you know, Nate, um, mainly Denny Advia, Bertans, Robin Lopez. Saw a lot of a, a great spark from a lot of guys, and we have a lot more to get into about the game against the Celtics and really the game ahead against. Houston, but first, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA, college hoops, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real time updated odds, and prop bets on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to use your mobile device to sign up to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. 
Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're covering everything you need to know about the Washington Wizards, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you may listen. Welcome back, guys. You are still Locked On Wizards with Ben Mahich and myself, Anthony Citardino. Guys, the Wizards are coming off their seventh win against the Boston Celtics. We saw Scott Brooks switch up the the lineups and rotations again Ben and um we we saw him uh you know keep Garrison Matthews in the starting in the starting rotation but we we saw some tweaks that he made Alex Len didn't play Mo Wagner got the start Wagner contributed with 11 points four rebounds um showing his usual energy um that he, when he does play when he does get minutes uh do you think this should be the wizard starting five moving forward. Do you, do, do you like what Scott did with the, with this changes today? Do you like what he did with the rotations? Well, how do we feel about Troy Brown jr? You know, getting five minutes along with an Isak Banga. How, how do we feel today? Well, I, I imagine Scott Brooks driving home from the Capital one arena, playing lockdown wizards, hearing your voice, waking up in a cold sweat at like 4am and then realizing that he should finally play Mo Wagner and bench Davis Bertans, which I'm sure put a smile on your face because Bertans has been pretty rough this season. Mm-hmm. But look, I, I appreciate Scott Brooks for just switching it up because this team was 6-17 and 17 before Sunday. Obviously, I think Troy Brown should be in the lineup, but somebody, somebody's going to inevitably be cut out of the lineup, so I won't put too much fault there. But I will, I will give credit where it's due, and, and I think Scott Brooks does deserve some credit for making a change. These are significant changes because – Gerson Matthews went from not playing at all to starting. Uh, and, and now he's now he's starting over Davis Bertans, who was just starting not that long ago. And Alex Len went from starting and now he's not playing at all. And, and Mo Wagner's starting. So he's doing maybe maybe it would be nice to kind of ease into these changes, maybe play Alex Len a little bit more off the bench, uh, maybe play Mo Wagner a little bit more off the bench before starting him. But I do like the fact that he's he's kind of just trying to figure out what's going to work. Because obviously at six and seventeen before Sunday's game, nothing that they were doing was working. And at the very least, even if Mo Wagner's struggling, if Garrison Matthews is struggling as he did on Sunday, you know that you're going to get energy from this from these mm-hmm. lineups. And that's at this point in the season, with playoff hopes kind of dwindled and pretty much gone, the least you can do is make sure that the players you have on the court are doing their best energy wise and are contributing and trying their best, which is kind of a sad thing to say. Like we're talking about a middle school basketball team, but we're honestly at a point where you need players on the court. who are going to play hard and, and Mo Wagner and Garrison Matthews, Denny Avdia, these guys are going to play hard no matter if they have rough shooting lights or not. So I want to toss it back to you though, Anthony, uh, kind of a, you know, kind of a Sam Cassell, uh, dance move if you will with the with the davis bertans uh, benching because look he's getting paid 80 mil um he's the he's supposed to be their best shooter and they benched him for garrison matthews who's 
you know, probably the 14th, 15th player on, on the bench on most teams. So what did you think about that move? Are we giving Scott credit for that or what? Well, Ben, um, you always make fun of me for, for getting on Bertanz's case. Uh, yeah, I, I applaud Scott moving him more to that, uh, to that bench role, giving him less minutes because that's just really where it was leading to Davis Bertans. Honestly, at, at this point in the season coming off of what he did last year, given the contract situation, he should not only be having a better year than last year. He had, you know, I think he was averaging over 15, uh, five and, and, and shooting astronomical numbers from, from outside and from all over on the floor, really, he should be not only, um, playing better than that. He should be averaging, you know, close to 20 points a game. He should be shooting 40% or better from three. He should be shooting, you know, 50% from the floor or, you know, or, or around that just because of what the expectations were last year, the expectations were coming into the game. I am happy that I am that, that we're able to see Garrison Matthews move more into that role because he has proven to be more effective. Um, I'm not just going to get on this case after one game. Yeah, he he didn't ha- he didn't play very well. 20 minutes, no points, 0 for 2 from the field from behind the arc. And um yeah, he means struggle. Everyone has everyone struggles, you know, some nights. And with Bertans, it's been pretty much every game. He played he played fine against the Celtics within 24 minutes, 8 points, 8 rebounds, 2 for 7 from from the floor, 2 for 6 from from three-point land, but still a guy getting paid how he's getting paid, especially coming off the year that he just had. You expect more from him. You expect him to be that starting piece. You expect him to be that the best shooter on your team from outside. Um, not the best scorer on your team, but but definitely the best outside shooter, which he has proven not not to be so far this season. So yes, I I very very happy with uh, with Scott Brooks uh, deciding to move him back to a bench role. And Ben, we had an issue with with Denny Advia moving to to that bench role. After playing, I think I think starting the first uh, 14 games, something like 14, 15 games, something like that, and um, he he moved to the bench, and he's still giving that that energy that he that he always plays with. I mean, today against the the Celtics, eight points, ten rebounds, twenty eight minutes, didn't shoot particularly well, two for nine from the floor, one for five from outside, but. Every minute he played was on the floor with that, with that charisma, that energy, that, that playmaking style, how he handles the ball. We all love to see it. And, and Ben, he hasn't lost any of his, of his uh, confidence. It it doesn't seem, he doesn't seem like he's lost any of his um, really his spark and coming off the bench. He's, it still seems like he brings that same energy, this exactly what he brings when he was starting. So, um, our fear of him losing his confidence, our fear of of him really uh, going into some sort of slump just due to just due to you know um, being benched by Scott. It doesn't look like it's happening. What did, are you liking? What you're seeing from Denny? Are are you enjoying? Anthony, what you said just made my heart sink to my stomach. I mean, Denny Avdia brings such a youthful energy to the game. He's coming from Israel. He's 20, just turned 20 years old. He has such an energy about him, and he, he truly cares. Um, he's such an NBA-ready player for a player his age. Like He just knows the game of basketball, and he plays with such intensity. And for the Wizards to put him in a position where his confidence might be dipping hurts my soul. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it is because you, you're right. He's, he's still contributing eight points, 10 rebounds off the bench. But the Wizards have to do a better job. It would be 
negligent. It would be a basketball malpractice if they ruined this kid because he's that damn good. Because if, if he played for the Spurs or any of these high-functioning teams, we wouldn't be talking about Denny Abda potentially losing his confidence because they would do everything in their power to make sure that he's put in a position to succeed. Wizards have to do a better job handling him because players, uh, with all due respect, I mean, it's not, not even his fault. He's 20 years old. Confidence is fragile for anybody that age. Even with a player of his, his experience, he played pro ball before he got to the Wizards, but um, they have to make sure that his confidence remains high, that he's put in a position to succeed because NBA careers are fleeting. Jan Vesely was not the type of player that then he was, obviously. Didn't even have a quarter of his skill set. But we saw Jan Vesely come over here, obviously, from, from uh, Europe and, and really struggle once his confidence was hurt. He was benched quickly, too. Had a hard time getting that confidence back. And before you know it, the Wizards were trading him for a 55-year-old Andre Miller. So we don't want to, obviously, even... even Imagine a situation where the Wizards are putting Denny Abdi in that, in that role. But um, so Anthony told you guys about Bill Barr at the start of the episode, but what he didn't tell you is that Bill Barr is his absolute favorite protein bar on the market. Anthony consumes more protein bars than anybody I've ever known. He eats them for breakfast, he eats them for an energy boost. But Bill Barr is unlike any protein bar we've had. Anthony just got a shipment, and really, I think he had way too much because he absolutely loved them. He shared them with his great girlfriend Julia. She loved them as well. And do you know what about Julia and Anthony? They are absolutely health conscious. They, they care about what they put in their bodies. Anthony was a keto person. He, was a, he enjoyed the keto diet for about a year and a half. He got jacked, but he was never really allowed himself to indulge. But with Built Bar, he indulges. And now Anthony looks as great as he has ever looked. And he feels as great as he's ever felt in his life. And that's honestly courtesy of Built Bar because it's delicious. It's low calorie. It's low sugar. It's high protein. It's high fiber. Guys, check out Built Bar. Treat yourself and feel good and eat right. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, you get 20% off. Guys, do yourself a favor. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use Locked On for 20% off. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Tomorrow on Lockdown NBA, join Anthony Irwin of Lockdown Lakers and Adam Mayers of Lockdown Nuggets for a wrap-up of the biggest stories around the league. Anthony and Adam bring you game recaps, weekend previews, and a weekly NBA power ranking you can't miss. Subscribe to the Lockdown NBA podcast today, wherever you get podcasts. Anthony, John Wall is in town on Monday. It's his first game back in D.C., so there will be some emotions. No fans, of course, but before the game... The Athletic, Fred Katz, wrote an exclusive article for The Athletic, interviewed John Wall, and John 
John, as always, he was pretty candid. He aired some dirty laundry. He said that before the trade that nobody could ever tell me the truth about it, referring to how the Wizards handled the trade before he was ultimately dealt to the Houston Rockets. In the article, he also mentioned how him and Beal got emotional on the phone. He talked about how upset he was that him and John, him and Brad never got a chance to run it back. And on, on Sunday, we also got a quote from John that said he's excited to see some faces, but and, uh, and others he's really not that excited to see. So John's obviously still very emotional and has some emotional ties to the, to the Washington area as expected. But I guess what should we anticipate with Monday's game? Is there going to be a, is it going to be highly emotional, especially if Russ doesn't play or, or is John going to go off or what? You know, Ben, I think the emotions maybe on the floor are uh, are not going to be as as uh, crazy as we think, especially after their first meeting. Um, they had already met once on the floor. Um, we thought that was going to be. I mean, no, it, it was a great it was a great showing from John Wall. Uh, not not so much from the Wizards from their first meeting, but but I I don't think it's it's going to get too too emotional. I think John um, was never really asked those questions before in that kind of forum and. As he was asked, John, as real as he always has been, as, as, as much as, you know, as we've grown to love this guy, he's always 100% real with everyone. And he, he, it just seemed like he went off. And Ben, for me, it hurt. It, it really hurt when I sat there and I, and I was reading um, everything that was said. It really hurt when he was like, when he went into the phone call with Brad after he got traded. That that stinks to hear, man, especially two guys that have, that have uh, you know, that went there as young kids, 19 year old kids. Right. And not at the same times, but, you know, John was that leader for Brad and they both did really, really well Um that backcourt. Uh, anyone out there wants to say that, that they were not successful during their tenure in Washington together. I'm here to say that you're 100% wrong with what they've had to work with, with, with everything that, that has happened in, in Washington, with the lack of really all-star talent that they really ever gave John or Brad, Ben. And, and I, I know you and I talked about this for, for a long, long time, but they, they played great together. They had, a, they had a great stint together and had a, lot, and had a handful of great uh, playoff runs, ran into a great uh, Boston Celtics team, Went, went, went to a great uh, game seven and, and yeah, they had a lot, great, a lot of great memories. That, that team was just so, so much fun, fun to watch. And they were one piece away from being so serious in the Eastern conference to being, you know, that contender and all you Wizards fans out there listening, obviously, Ben, you, you know, you covered, you know, you've been covering them for years, but yeah, man, this for Wizards fans, for you, for everyone that has been, that has been this close to the team for that long with these two guys. That had to suck to hear. It just that's it, not. I mean, hearing that John Wall and Bradley Beal shed tears, cried together. You know, their first phone call together. That's. I mean, obviously, it's you know, it's real life. Like the, you, you want to think that something along those lines happened. John Wall confirming it. It's sad, man. It's a hundred. Like uh, my biggest takeaway from it. It's sad because you never want to see duels like that break up when they're that great and that young. So yeah, for me. My really my big biggest takeaway from from it was uh, it's more sad than anything. Yeah, it is a bummer. I think with just how things went down, you know, there seemed to be a lot of. Um, I think there was a lot of um, 
sort of disgruntled people without getting too into after John did what he did with the gang sign thing and then those photos and videos leaked. Um, there's probably people within the ownership group that weren't very happy with that and ultimately pressed Tommy Shepard to make a move. John hadn't played in two years. They were paying him uh, a very fine amount and he wasn't playing. And I think that probably irked um, some people in the team as well, obviously, even though that was out of John's control. So just it all ended so weird. I mean, the Wizards fans had waited two years for him to finally make his return and for him to get traded last minute like that right before training camp began for Russell Westbrook. It was all very bizarre. I was obviously a proponent of that trade. I wanted it to happen just because I think the Beal and, and, um, and, and Wall duo had run its course and I think anybody who's honestly going to uh, approach this team with an objective analysis would probably say that the duo ran its course. They played almost 10 years together and topped off at the second round. And that's okay as well. But um, it, it was a bummer. I, I'm kind of skeptical about this one thing that I kind of raised an eyebrow. I, I think obviously Brad is a fan of John and I think he loves him uh, like a brother. They, they've, they've grown up together and they played in DC for almost a decade. But uh, Shams Charania not long ago reported that the Wizards ran basically everything that they do by Brad Beal. And I would, I would feel foolish if I didn't think they called Brad and told him, hey, we're thinking about trading John for Russ. What are your thoughts? And I don't think they would have made that trade without Brad's blessing because Brad is obviously on a very fragile state with the Wizards, right? I mean, at any given moment, he could ask for a trade and it wouldn't be that surprising. So I would be shocked if they didn't run this trade by Brad. That's not to say that he wouldn't have been upset by it but I think basketball wise if you told me that this trade wouldn't have worked out for the Wizards I would have called you crazy it obviously hasn't worked out the worst case scenario has come to fruition for them because Russell Westbrook has not looked good this year or as good as he could be but I think you know if you asked Brad four or five months ago hey we can get Russell Westbrook at this all NBA player for John Wall who hasn't played in two years I think Bradley Beal the basketball analyst would say let's probably go ahead and make that trade because I need some help but obviously on a more personal level, it probably affected him. Okay, so you're you're saying that you think that Brad gave his blessing for the John Wall trade. Like they Tommy Shepard called him up. Tommy Shepard like said, Hey, there's this table on the or this there, there's there's this deal on the table, and um we can ship John Wall out for Russell Westbrook. And um pretty much I guess out of, out of all that, do we think that that Bradley Beal Gave the go-ahead, said, yeah, sure, go get Russ. If you can get Russ, get Russ. I think, you know, we asked Tommy Shepard before the start of the season, do you interact with Bradley Beal before you make trades? And he flat out said, of course, Bradley Beal's a big part of the team. We want him to be here for the rest of his career, and we check in with him before we make moves. But he also did say we don't mention names, which is a little skeptical to me. But I think maybe it was a thing where Tommy calls him and says, hey, we have a chance to get Russell Westbrook. How would you like to play with Russ? Mm -hmm. And there's a sort of obviously... Um, it was obvious at that point, right? An unspoken agreement that if we get Russell, then we're going to trade John. You can't have Russell Westbrook and John Wall on the same right. team. So uh, Brad also wants to win games, and, and Brad was playing alone for two years. So I think it's a situation where he loves John, and he, he wants to be in a situation where he's able to win games. And Russell Westbrook at the time looked like he would put him in that situation. It hasn't worked. And it's kind of, it would kind of work like this if, if you know, if – um if the uh, director of Lockdown NBA called you and said, hey, Anthony, uh, we want you to host Lockdown NBA with with uh, Bill Simmons, and, and you would say, hey, man, let's make that trip. Did it again, guys. And I wouldn't fault you for Did it. Did it again, guys. Did it again, guys. No. I'm staying with Lockdown Wizards. I wouldn't fault you for it. Ben, no one's calling for me anyways. No one wants this greasy Italian out of Utica, okay? No, no one wants me, okay? 
What do you mean? I'm sticking with, I'm sticking with lockdown wizards. That's what Tommy said too. And then he shipped John out the first (laughs) chance he got. No, but let's honestly, I, I, I love John. These quotes did hurt me. And in a way, without getting too existential uh, about it, it saddens me that it was sad um, that this group wasn't able to get the most out of John Wall. That's the best. That's the worst thing about it because John Wall, when he got without going on a tangent here, he got drafted first overall. Obviously, they literally rolled out the red carpet for him at the Bryden Center and told the fan base and told John Wall that, you know, we're going to build a championship team around you in Washington. And to kind of kick him to the curb here after he was hurt. And they had the chance uh, too. They had many opportunities to do so, but and they didn't. They they, they, they had the chance, but they just Ernie Grunfeld and I. I'm not going to invoke his name uh, as often as I cannot. But I mean, my God, that was bad. It was awful. He the best, but the best teammate John had before Bradley Beal was Nene or Martin Gortat. And, and with all due 100%. respect to those players, with all due respect to those players, when you have John Wall, you have to make sure that you, you surround him with all-star caliber players. And the worst thing about it was we know for a fact he could have gotten Boogie Cousins when he got traded to the New Orleans Pelicans and they didn't right. make that trade because they didn't want to trade Otto Porter. And then they ended up trading Otto Porter for absolutely nothing. They had a chance to get James Harden. They didn't do that. So they've had many opportunities to surround John Wall with actual talent. Instead, they traded and they surrounded him with, with uh, mediocre veterans who were entirely dependent upon John Wall. And that's what's most sad to me. But what makes me happier, Anthony, is the Houston Rockets are actually competitive. Right. They have a good system in place. And John, on Monday, he's kind of alone. Christian Wood's out. Victor Aldipo's out, which means... John Wall is going to shoot as many times as he'd like. He's going to bring that firepower. And if, I hope Russell Westbrook plays because we saw there's fireworks there. There are. We we don't know because it's going to be back-to-back. And John has been playing really well lately. Um, his last game against the Knicks, 26 points, four assists. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he, he, he's been playing really, really well lately. Uh, I, I definitely would love to see him and Russ go at it more. Oh, I don't think we'll we'll see that. I'm I'm pretty sure Russ will un, will end up keeping that consistent, um, you know, uh, basis as he sits at uh, during back to backs. But, but yeah, man, it's it's gonna be great to see. Uh, it's always great to see Bradley Beal and John Wall on the on the court together. And as we were just discussing all of this, it it was tough to see this whole thing go down. Really, what exactly happened? Because it was it was a whirlwind. Like when when it was going down, did did John Wall, did he? Uh, you know, ask for a trade. Did he not ask for a trade? We didn't really know what was going on there. And um, then there was, you know, the rumors were flying around about Russ. Finally, like the, the then the trade finally happened. And um, and then John, you know, after that, made it very clear to the media, everyone around him, that he was bitter with 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 the front office in Washington, bitter with uh, really how things ended in Washington. And and yeah, man, uh, as many people were at that point that. That that duo has ran it. Uh, they they ran its course. It was to me. It was such a. I hated how that that era ended for them. Like you said, John Wall hadn't played for two years. Like you said, the best players that they put around him were Nene and uh, um, Gortat, which uh, of course you know you know like you said, reiterating that those players are absolutely fine, great NBA careers. But yes, you'd want you you'd like to hope they put a. Um, a much better team around then. So, so for me, it was, it's, it's, it's aggravating seeing what could have been, you know, trying to like envision exactly what, what could have been for that Wizards team. And, and honestly, that, that team, 
with their core, with that duo, they could have been an Eastern Conference, you know, f- a finalist at least one year. Absolutely, in my mind. And it's just, it it's awful to just to see, because they both, they both wanted to contend for a championship. They both knew that they were able to. The front office never put them in position to. And uh, injuries, as you know, in all sports, they, 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 set us, they set us back. I don't want to discount the fact that this team did blow a game seven in 2017. And that was entirely on, on, on the stars there, man. Like they had a chance to get over the hump that year. And they showed that, look, they had a really good team that year. I mean, Gortat was really good. Marke- Markeith Morse was solid. Otto Porter, Boyan Bogdanovich, and... And um, oh, I forget who they else. Did. Kelly Oubre. I mean, that was a really deep team there from like 10, 11 really solid rotation players there. And they blew it. And and I can't I can't sit here and say that even if John came back and played another season with Brad, that that team would have been good. Because I think this Wizards team, I don't think John Wall would have made this team good. I mean, this team is bad. Maybe they would have won a game or two more um, with John than, than, than with Russell Westbrook. But um, it, it's just hard to say because... This team has so many problems and so many holes that John wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to plug them all. But that's besides the point. I think you're right. They they obviously mismanaged John Wall's prime. Um, the injuries were just an unfortunate circumstance that 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 just you know kind of plagued his career. But um, the great thing is he's healthy now. He's playing some some of the most efficient basketball in his career. He's shown that he can still play at an incredibly high level. He's playing some of the best hoops of his career. He's happy. He gets to play with his best friend. And, you know, although the business of basketball kind of shoved him out of the door in Washington, um, new doors opened in Houston there, and he's shown to still be a really, really good player. And, and look, so Wizards on this one. Maybe he'll get the last laugh. But, Anthony, before we let these guys go, let's make final predictions on Monday. Do the Wizards carry this win over from Sunday and pick up the win or what? Yes, they do, guys. I'm coming at you with some more optimism. Well, I guess Let's some go. new optimism because last last show we were a bit pessimistic. But yes, I uh, I I'm gonna predict them going on a on a win streak here, two game win streak after uh, after a win against Houston. I have them uh, splitting against Houston this season. Nice. Let's go. Uh, maybe this is my John Wall bias coming out, but uh, no, I think Houston's gonna come out with with a ton of energy and not to sound pessimistic, but this team has really, really struggled to carry the momentum over. But look, win or loss, we get to see John Wall back in D.C., and that's fantastic. Lockdown Wizards fans, we absolutely love you. Thanks for listening. Uh, we hope you had a great Valentine's Day. And let's kick off this Monday with some with some hope and some energy, as Anthony did. I hope I didn't bum you guys out totally. But, Anthony, anything else? Yeah, guys, we love you. We appreciate you. We always love coming at you guys Monday through Friday. Go subscribe to the podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network if you already have not done so. And, yeah, guys, we're going to be back at it again tomorrow. Um, tune into that game against the, the Rockets, and they and the, the Wizards will continue on this very, very, very tough slate ahead of them. And uh, Ben and I hope to, give, to continue giving you guys – all the great Wizards Hoops content out there. So, yes, enjoy your day, your night, whenever you may be listening, and we will be back at it again tomorrow. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.